to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Welcome, audience, to a very special and slightly sad episode of The Big Red Couch. Today's episode is 128, Religious Cops Trained to Fight Magic. And joining me as a ringer and a helpful person is John Rea. John H. Rea Jr. for the full. Yeah, yep. Hello, this is John. Hi, John. From the colonies. We're all from the colonies here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you're, but you're from the colonies that weren't, they weren't traitorous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got misgivings about that. <laughs> hey, at least you don't have a governor general telling us what to do. Oh, we totally have governor generals. Yeah, yeah. There's a that's a, a generally generally well respected and uh, quite popular, quite a popular position. Not of sort of a New Zealand governor general is generally a good sort who occasionally has to do, has to go finger wagging at politicians when they when they get out of line. A position of great responsibility and. Uh, mana so but they are the representative of the queen locally because otherwise she just hangs out on her money if i remember correctly it's about the only only political position that she actually has power over yeah everything else is based on like final uh like a final appeals court mm-hmm. and that's pretty yeah. much everything we got rid yeah. of um we decimalized in the 60s and since then it's been kind of slow drifting <laughs> apart so. Still the Commonwealth Games and so forth. Anywho, I have no idea what that would have to do with religious police, at least in some very in some very dark timeline. Oh, actually, we should give some context for what's going on. Mm-hmm. During the events, and I'm not sure if it's directly related to this year's Gen Con, Craig has had a medical mishap, which appears to be uncomfortable, unpleasant, and hopefully covered by travel insurance, which means that yep. he's currently in... Indiana for the next few days, resting up and making sure he is fit for travel before heading back. I will emphasize, yeah, if you're going to visit America, get travel insurance. You do not want to get hit hit with a medical bill. Mm, yeah, no one wants to pay American hospital prices. They'd... And I will say this, NHS does not cover you. Mm, mm, yeah, no, that's uh, you absolutely. I mean, it gets comped in on like credit cards and weird things, but, you know, always check. You can also get like what's the um, the Shadowrun dock wagon thing? I know somebody who worked at oh. a call centre for effectively an emergency extract. If you're going to a place that may be remote or fraught with peril, you you can get you can you can get the extra the extra level where people will will go and retrieve you. If you're not Native American, you visit. Don't drink the water. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think the only thing we can say, we, we can't say much, but he has posted this one thing, though. He's not getting a second butthole. Which is something I think everyone can agree is probably good. <laughs> uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Oh, he's posted pictures in Facebook and Instagram and me. He had one me, but it sort of vanished. But Instagram and Facebook, he, pictures of his arm mm. festooned with lines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Having having once had appendicitis, yeah, infections in and around the, the intestine, no fun whatsoever. Though I did get introduced to morphine and realised immediately that I shouldn't mm. do drugs because <laughs> that was the best holiday I've ever had. Oh, actually, with me, I I broke my arm, I broke my elbow riding my bike mm-hmm. in an accident. And it, it, they reconstructed it. I have about 20 degrees movement in it. 
they usually tell you where, where do you want your arm as in they're going to freeze they're going to fuse oh. the elbow but i ran to a guy who worked on hips and he rebuilt my elbow to the point where i can move it i mean oh. i could probably go in and get some scar tissue scraped off and get some more motion but that's like that's considered elective and i have to pay for it on my own pocket hmm. but yeah i know about the wonders of morphine it took me two years to get my sleep my sleep parents back into sync again yeah yeah Chemistry. Biochemistry is a wonderful thing, except when it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are making sure that every that there is a an episode for everyone on a regular basis, and just as a tribute to Craig because he's uh, he's the backbone of this outfit. He pays for everything, so um, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep the uh, home fires burning while he gets his uh, strength back and tries to avoid acquiring supernumerary buttholes, as you said. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, you say, say it that way. I keep thinking of super, supernumerary uh, nipples, and I'm going, no, you don't want the butthole there. No, you don't. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Cool. Right, let's... We'll, we'll, and we'll, there goes the podcast, right down the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As it were. Yes. So, John, do you have a game pitch to share with us regarding religious cops training to fight magic? No, I can't mean, uh This wasn't mine. This was a different John. This was a different person who posted this one, right? Yeah. Um, this was submitted by the Venerable Taz. And so... Ah, this one's for you, Todd! <laughs> yep, and uh, yes, this came from a, a an article ab- about the Saudi police, which is definitely not going to get us in trouble. Oh, you were, you're already banned in Saudi Arabia. Don't worry about it. It seems likely... I didn't want to, like, check, but... Yeah. When I was on the old Tritech podcast, I would check the, the, the geographic stuff, and we never got a single hit anywhere in the Middle East. Not a one. There are a lot of um, English expats there. Oh, but they're using VPN, probably. Oh, good point, good point. Yeah, yeah. More than probably just on the uh, just on the off chance. Yeah, yeah. Not that we recommend that you usurp the, uh, the, your sovereign nation that you're residing in, but, you know, VPN. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Indeed. Ah, okay. Apparently the five-day course involving combating magic. Uh, they said the course covered theoretical and practical lessons about how to deal with magic, destroy black artwork and addition... Destroy black artwork and identify magicians and sorcerers. I'm very impressed that they've made a distinction between magicians and sorcerers. I'm not sure which version of D&D they're working out of, but, um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, being, they're being thorough. Anywho, so... <laughs> I mean, uh- Merlin was a sorcerer. I can't say Gandalf because Gandalf wasn't a sorcerer. He wasn't a wizard. He was a, 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 a Maya. He was basically an angel. So a, yeah, certainly a demigod. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. So it's it's there's some technical distinctions there, but I'm impressed that they are um... black art. Does that mean pictures of the de- demons or just pictures of? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's They're all. <laughs> they they it's it's. It's just they're all distinct words. They're not like saying black arts. Ah, the article is very terse and kind of silly looking. So mm. hard to say. But if you were to use that as inspiration for playing game setting, what would be your uh, what would be your approach? Well, first off, I'm going to have to uh, uh, let everyone know that this has been done before. You know, mm-hmm. and, yep. and 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 I've been associated with this. With this, it, basically, it's the old grandfather been published in, back in in the 1980s. Bureau 13, Stalking the Night, Fantastic. It's more, more or less the father of this premise. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's been around since the 80s. It, uh, it paralleled Ghostbusters the movie, not yeah. Ghostbusters the kid show on Saturday and Saturday morning, which was, a, you know, with the... Um, that was the one that v- looked very much like the, the, the concurrent TMNT animation. Uh, and Slimer was part of the crew. <laughs> no, 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 no. The 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 original Ghostbusters was actually two of the actors from F Troop. Yes, yes, that's right. The and the um, guy in the gorilla suit. By the Hanna Barbera. There was the Hanna Barbera style. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why when they did the animated versions of the movie Ghostbusters, they call it the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, Hanna Barbera did a lot of near variants i think it was also goober and the ghost chasers or something with a weird looking dog and they just hey, scooby-doo they, i mean yeah, well yeah, naturally scooby-doo was the, the the genesis of a lot of those those yeah, plucky yeah. teens and animal sidekick yeah. thing but yeah but yeah bureau 13 pretty much is premise though technically the only people i would consider the religious cops who would be the pre any priests on your team would be mm. the religious everyone else is more or less you know uh, they're there, they're, 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 you know, they're there, you know, to provide, you know, the background and so forth. Uh, it's the, the little discussion I had on one, on one of the old TriTech forums before it unfortunately crashed and we lost it was, okay, so you're in the Bureau and you were an atheist and now you've met God. What do you do? And we had a long discussion back and forth with an actual atheist saying, well, you know, maybe he's an alien or something like that. No, he's God. He certainly claims to be God. That... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it ended up. We just simply said, we're going to agree to disagree here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, in, in the face of, of incontrovertible proof, that is, is, mm-hmm. it would be wrong-headed. But then mm-hmm. again, some people are wrong-headed. I mean, we, there are people who uh, suspect the Earth mm-hmm. is flat. Last night when I was trying to figure out time zones, I was sitting there wishing it was flat because I couldn't do the maths. <laughs> oh, I'm happy. It makes it easy for me. My parents, when they used to travel, they picked up this... What's it from again? It's from... Oh, wow. Pan American World Airways. It was published in 1955. It's a little wheel that you Uh, spin around and mm -hmm. you line up the time for various places in touch with... So I'm looking at the map saying, oh, you're you're near Auckland. And Auckland is one, three, four hours away. Yeah. Tomorrow. It's the plus and minus that was getting me. It was like, what? But yeah, yep. I yep. give them up going to the times to timezone dot com because it 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 doesn't work for me. Whoever designed it does not design it to be used by people. <laughs> I'm 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 sorry. I'm going to make a plug because one reason I brought Bureau Thirteen is coming up soon. Maybe in September, there's going to be a Kickstarter for the Savage Worlds version of Bureau Thirteen. Okay, you know. I mean, I do work for TriTech Games. I mean, uh, besides mm-hmm. my own game company, John Ro- Johnny Trier Ga- Junior Games up on Drive Through RPG. Mm, no, that's well, it's 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 uh, calling role playing games an, an industry at any level is yeah. a, a bit ridiculous because you know everyone who almost everyone who who has played a game has had a tried their hand at making something. Yeah. Well, okay. It's in the state of what I call craft uh, of the craft beer industry right now. You got a lot of guys, little guys making, you know, uh, 10, 20 barrels of beer. And then you have Hasbro. And then you have uh, Games Workshop. Yeah, yeah. There's the, the, the um, Anheuser Busch of. Yeah, the Anheuser Busch and the mm. InBev of the gaming world. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, little bit thin and flavorless at times. No, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, if you want something a little bit, a little bit, a little bit crunchy, um, with a, with a, dis- a distinct flavour, you get. You, there are people out there who can can suit your needs. But yeah, because of the and a lot of things are like this. I mean, but mm. the, the the opportunities to contribute your own stuff, even if it if the contribution is as um, unhelpful and specific as um, as the Big Red Couch podcast. <laughs> It's out there. It's cool. That's and, and I compulsively follow the progress of Kickstarters and various things. Mm. Yep. Just just to see what's out there. Just to see what new ideas people are putting forward and bringing back old ideas, of course. So yeah, yeah. I'm really I really curate my Kickstarter stream because I, a lot of times I say new game, new game. I'm going okay. I ran into this with Numera. I said, oh, this sounds like a great game. I never realized because it never really was obvious because i never was into pathfinder that it was a pathfinder supplement oh. okay. and I, ha- I i own the copy of the game and a bunch of stuff and i'll never play it because i don't do pathfinder <laughs> and i think i spent about 150 dollars to find that out yeah uh, uh I, th- I think the the my my greatest issue was like uh, there was a guy in new zealand who i think he's he's moving houses or changing jobs or something and he has been posting on a facebook group local to new zealand for trading and selling rpgs he's been dropping new items for something like three weeks solid every day one or two things have come up it's like holy shit holy shit holy shit and it's like it's of a he must have had a not a library but a museum of games just oh he must have put like 30 lots of items up i just I, and I thought I was a bit of a, a bit of a collector. And I was like, nothing on this guy. I got some, I got some Buffy and Firefly stuff because I could kind of sell that to the missus because she's a fan. <laughs> it's like, wow. I was like, I didn't think I'd see this stuff again. But somebody is, um, and it's good. It's good to have that stuff recirculate. Yeah, and that reminds me because I will be meeting the guy who runs it. There is a guy whose purpose in life is to collect every role playing game. Yeah. Oh wow. He runs the Library of Alexandria. It's a traveling exhibit he takes around the country uh, where he has a curated collection of, of, of games. But he has stuff going back to... He has a white box. Mm-hmm. Yep. That would, be some, that, that would be something, as, as, as if you're going to be vaguely completist, that would be something you'd track down, yeah. And the thing is, I was... I've had I've had a flood here in my apartment to give you some mm. context, and I had to go through and triage stuff and throw stuff out. And I'm going through a box, and I open it up, and I look at what is this? Then I realize I have something that is like you know, is this historical document? It's the first draft of Fringeworthy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're talking. It's not even bound; just loose papers. And the box it in would just disintegrated, but the paper was still intact. So I I got a document box for it, and, and if he's at uh, Dragonflight next week was a con I'm going to. This would be totally late and don't worry about it. <laughs> attend. I'm going to give it to him. They put it into yeah. his archives. Yeah. Of course, I talked uh, Melody Natcher, who's uh, Richard Toko's widow. She said, sell on eBay. I'm going, well, I could buy, probably make $10 off of it on eBay. I think I'll bear off giving it to a. Because uh, <laughs> it's not the first draft, it's a copy of the first draft. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, it's, it's all got. It's all got the a, a, an historical yeah, significance. The other thing I'm trying to find is that I have a galley proof of Morrow Project, and I can't find it. So it's like, where are you? Hmm. Buried in some box, someplace. And I'm looking at all my boxes, going, I gotta dig through all you to find that. God, I... hmm. but 
you know, they, they don't call me tech, Captain Tangent for nothing, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, as you did, I have a, a separate idea from all this stuff we just talked about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could probably. I, I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to read what I wrote. If you go go to the MeWe group, you can read what I wrote. But basically, mm-hmm. I decided, okay, uh, let's take this and run with it. Okay, so religious cops. Okay, it means they work for some church. But but everyone's done the Catholic Church, and there's no way I want to do the Mormon Church because I get I got people I friends who are Mormons. But if I really want to insult one group, I can do it with one of their church. The Eastern Orthodox Church, specifically the Russian Church, mm-hmm. and came up with, uh, and I am not going to try to pronounce it in Russian, Ecclesiastical Defenders of the Moscow uh, Patriarchate, mm-hmm. or or the acronym TZMP, because that's the Russian letters for it, the yep. TZMPs, a.k.a. the God Cops. That's kind of terrifying on several levels, not just that the... Um... The the, the uh, Eastern Orthodox aesthetic is quite extra. It's very gold mm. and stuff. <laughs> they, 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 I suspect they come off looking like the um, like Judge Dredd to some degree. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, the, one of the, the bit of the flavor text I wrote was, you weren't cut out for the priesthood, and becoming a monk was right out, but you do have the fervor and abilities to become a bog poliskeski, which is probably hurriedly pronounced, or god cop, or as Robert Greeter later said on, a bog cop, because the name for god is bog. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Yeah, if I was a player and I was running this game, you'd be, I'd be calling myself a bog cop, even you know. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's you're 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 you are the the. I don't want to say the legal arm because that's actually something entirely different. I looked this up. I always mm-hmm. research this stuff. It actually is a legal arm to the Eastern Orthodox Church, but it's mostly dealing with lawsuits and crap like that. Yeah. But you are the you're the iron fist in, in the not so velvet glove of of the uh, of the Russian Church, and you're uh, and you basically enforce the doctrine of the Russian Eastern Orthodox Church and stamp out the forces of hell wherever you can find them. Unless of course they're working for them, working for the Russian government. Uh, I suspect you could, if to look for inspiration and possible adversaries, the Nightwatch series would be an appropriate place oh, to yeah. look. Oh, I mentioned that. Yeah, I do. I do mention that the uh, the Nochnoy Dozor or the mm. Nightwatch who work for the. Uh, well, okay, I've seen the movie. I know they don't really work for the Russian government, but they, you know, this version. They do work for the Russian government, but they are not out to stamp out evil, uh, the, the minions of hell. They're looking for recruits. Hmm. You know, I, I, I came with a whole backstory in the back of my head that, you know, basically as a bog, guy, as a bog cop, you're kind of screwed because... When the when the when the Bolsheviks came into power and then Stalin came into power, a lot of institutional knowledge was destroyed. I mean, the the, the Russian Church went underground. Not to say they weren't still bog cops, but now they're watching out for the KGB and being sent to Siberia in the process. So there's like a hundred years worth. Not a hundred years. It's from 1920 thereabouts, the twenties. To the 1980s, thereabouts, or is it 1990? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in that in that time range, 
you know, they were underground. Though toward the end, they could come out a little bit because of, you know, uh, cooler heads and realizing that, that the Soviet Union was going down the toilet at the time. But yeah, they lost a lot of institutional knowledge. So all they really have are a lot of books written back in the 1900s that tells you how to do things. You're going, but I don't have half this stuff anymore. No one does unless you go to one of these little ass in villages out in the middle of nowhere where they might actually have some of these relics and items. So there's a, you know, so you're basically handicapped by not having uh, the tools that the, that they used to have way back when mm. they were doing this out in the open and more real. So, right. So the, the outcome of the institutionally enforced atheism, the suppression of, of religion has been the, 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 the dark forces have been growing in the shadows the entire time. And you've one way or another, you've lost a lot of, of the knowledge to actually uh, combat them. That would be interesting. And mm-hmm. you could definitely give them a, uh, the players a morally justified weight to their actions. Cause they're, 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 they're pushing back mm-hmm. against something that has, that has, has gained the other hand over time. Yeah. And as, as I said, you're not secret, but you're not public either. Mm. It's one of those, you know, it's like, you know, you're not respected, but people trust you can do your job. It's like the, the garbage man. Who respects the garbage man? Not very many people do. But do they trust them to take the garbage away? Yes, they do. Yeah. So you're basically the garbage man of the, of the, of the supernatural policing out there. And, of course, you still got to deal with the government because during, during the time of the Soviet Union, they realized, oh, there is supernatural. Let's form an organization to deal with them, the Night Watch. So they've been in operation not as long as not as long as your your not as long as the TZMP, but they've they've gotten more institutional knowledge because they've been well one dealing with the forces of of of, of hell and supernatural, where you used to just get rid of it. So that's you know hmm. so you're now you're dealing with a group that's actively looking for that vampire to recruit into their into into their group, or more like. You know, stick into a uh, cell and give him, you know, a bag of blood once a day. Why? He's 200 years old. He knows stuff from 200 years ago. Hmm. He's a source of information about stuff that they're trying to find. Like, you know, especially if he's been around for 200 years, it means he's got money. Because if you're a poor, if you're a poor vampire, you're you're going to end up with your head buried at the crossroads, your mouth stuffed full of garlic, and your body buried someplace else. You know, it's you're not going to last. If you're rich, however, or very least have resources, it may not be strictly yeah. liquid liquid capital, but you'll have you've got something to fall back on. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I like the idea of the tension between a group that has mandate is to. To combat the force of the evil, but not to be too noisy or showy about it, and also having to deal with a intra-jurisdictional kind of stress that the, there are folks who, strictly speaking, in a more hardline, uh, a less a less sympathetic light, would be the enemy. But they're also working; their folks are working to the same end. So it's like, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of tension there. That's an interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting one. And looking across the borders at the now new separate, you know, uh, well, functionally separate uh, nations out there who are better equipped and better supported because they don't have someone like the current president of the of the Russian Federation in charge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> different priorities, one might say. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Ukrainians probably have, you know, they're busy going, oh, yes, here's some money. Buy, buy everything you need. We'll go, we'll go re-encrypt you. You know, mm-hmm. while the Russians are going, you will do well with what we give you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like the, the possibility of it being relatively blue-collar kind of thing, because what, what, when I was thinking about the notion of the idea of, um, and this is, this is strongly influenced by my current media diet, because I've just started... Um, watching mm-hmm. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is ah. apparent, apparently a huge mistake. Should have been started watching it a, a long time ago, but it is it's extremely well-regarded and extre- a, a very funny show. But the idea of like that or Barney Miller sort of mm-hmm. relatively oh, yeah. prosaic down-at-heel detective, uh, detectives trying to deal with what are otherwise... They could either be extraordinarily humdrum, prosaic events in a world which has a supernatural element it's like all right oh yeah there's a werewolf on a rampage you guys have to deal with there's there's you know somebody thinks that their 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 mother-in-law is being mind controlled by a vampire you guys have to deal with so you've got this specific jurisdictional thing or someone is someone stealing all the cheese from the cheese shops and no one is no, no one's getting caught on camera yeah, time to call the call the bog cop. Take a look <laughs> at this. You know, maybe they just get the weird bullshit cases as well. So, oh, <laughs> this must be supernatural. How could this possibly be explained by normal science? It's like ah, no, they're just passing the buck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, one of the things I pointed out was you know when you think there's an imp stealing milk from your cows, hey, yeah, we call the bog cops because the night watch will go. We're not interested. Go away. Or yeah, or, or, or in another circumstance, you know, the regulars go. Well, it's probably mastitis or some other cow affliction, but you know we don't care. So we'll, we'll yeah. pass it on. <laughs> it could be, there'd be more um, hopefully humorous look at a at a, a thankless task. Oh yeah, and you know, and and, and you, they're so. You know, I mean, they're so. You know, there's not much money. I mean, you know, I, from best I can tell, the Russian Orthodox Church is not swimming it like the Vatican is, you know? So they're not the, the was it DS Rex or what's the one that one supposed religious group in the, in the Vatican? Not familiar. I'm not familiar either. I mean, it, they, they featured prominently in, in the Da Vinci and when the, I think oh. the second Da Vinci code movie. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I've got, I think I watched the first movie and that was plenty. Yeah. 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 Well, at least they got a a, a uh, animal explosion more or less right. Uh, hey, I again said, "Wow, it didn't screw it up." They must have talked to somebody who actually knows about physics because <laughs> that's how it blow up. <laughs> hmm. You know, it's it's not a nuclear explosion. It's completely different. It's, it's sort of like something burning through something and exploding at the same time. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anywho, but yeah, the thing is, you know, it's it's. Um, it, it, the thing is, it, again, this is this has got to be a trope um, because I looked at it and said, okay, and, when I, and after looking at it, I came across, and I mentioned this later on, there's a manga and an anime for this already. Of course Cult. there is. <laughs> yeah. Midnight Occult Civil Service. Uh, I can't find the manga, but I had did find the anime up on, I think it's Crunchyroll or um, mm-hmm. yeah. High Dive, one of those two. It's on VRV. If you got VRV, you can find it. But it's, hmm. it's basically it is exactly this. The, the, these are Japanese civil servants who who basically have to deal with the supernatural that lives in Japan. Uh-huh. 
they got to, and the, they they are hampered by the fact they can't talk to them. The the supernatural speak their own language that the humans can't understand. So it's a lot of miming and or just pointing things at them, you know, and you're just being being plain being rude at them uh, <laughs> in the stories until they hire a guy who turns out can actually understand what they're saying. Turns out he's a reincarnation of a of a previous version from a thousand years ago, I think. Or so. it's, That's it, pretty generations normal. ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah and he can, he's the only one who can talk to them, and he's realizing, oh, they're having mundane problems. And we're, we're it's sort of like a husband and wife arguing over something. Then the cops burst in and shoot everybody. Kind of problem it was, it was the problem solving methods of prior to this guy. Now he just walks in, talks to him, and says, "Yeah, we should stop this because you're causing earthquakes." Yeah. Mm. Now there's 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 several with less of the the beat cop focus kind of thing. Also, the civil servant thing. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of um, there's a bit of psychic um, mm-hmm. exorcism slash problem solving and something like mob psycho. Hundred, which is which is an excellent show. There's a more militant version in Gary Zero, which is mm. a show I would I would I would recommend anyone who's interested in in anime and disrupted sort of and disrupted storytelling. First episode, it's kind of a kind of a bit of a a mind blow. Uh, and back to one from the middle, it's I think called Witch Hunter Robin, which was really really stylish. Another with you know, with the, the main character had like a, like a really really cool coat and like um, the little Mickey Mouse bun, oh yeah, um, bowl heads and like oh, a God. cool scooter and things like that. And it was kind of, but it was kind of empty as far as the show went. Yeah, I mean that sort of brings to mind. Uh, was it Helsing? Helsing? Oh yeah, of course. The anime? Yep, yeah, yeah. You start to wrap around there. You this whole spiritual or yeah. supernatural antagonist protagonist kind of thing going on so there's lots of lots of possible stuff but i kind of like the idea that does them more squarely in the the blue collar beat cop dealing with everyday oh, yeah. kind of which i think is kind of a cool a cool angle for this i can see the the bog cops going okay where is it again Smolensk. do you have the money for the train ticket i, I think i might yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know or we, we can contact the Smolensk office it was closed what yeah <laughs> yeah several the years ago <laughs> Well, we got to recruit somebody while we're there, yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah, the opportunity for downbeat Russian. Tip of the hat, of course, it would be, and of course, we all learned to do our Russian accents, you know, it badly. Oh. You could just play it like the Chernobyl uh, miniseries. Mm. And do, and just, everyone sounds like a Swede or somebody from North England. It's like... <laughs> yeah. You know, this is weird, because I, when I was... Um, as a kid, I grew up. I was I would watch a lot of old, you know, the stuff, uh, war movies, World War Two movies, filmed back mm. in the late forties and fifties. Oh, that was a that was a powerhouse time. Yeah. And for the longest time, I thought a German accent sounded British <laughs> because they used British actors for the Germans. Of course, is that is that the the way that you know all of the the diehard villains and so forth have cultured yeah. British accents. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they're all doing receipt pronunciation, you know. Mm, and mm. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. And then, of course, but that was it wasn't prevalent. It was only like a few big movies where they would get oh, like uh, um, Rommel, you know, when he did the movie Rommel. Uh, mm. Who was it? A really famous British actor, and I can't remember who he is. He was in Journeys to the Center of the Earth too. 
if that even barely narr- narrows it down. Um, but yeah, he he didn't do a German accent that uh-huh. that much. He did. He basically did a British German accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, they were the the upper classes moved around quite a bit, so yeah, there was possibility. It's like um, what's his name, the character from Black Hatter, who's who's cheerfully writing letter, letters to his uncle um, during World War One. <laughs> oh yes, I must apologize. I can't remember. I can't remember how you said apologize, but you said it in, in with German pronunciation. Uh, then again, I have a friend who's a Quebecer, and when she says certain words, I realize, oh, she's saying an English word that used to be French in French. But it's an English word, so it no longer has that pronunciation anymore. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, it's like, I ah. recognize some of these parts, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's Ooh. it's fun, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, if I was going to use a system for this, I'd probably use a, a, my go-to for these sort of weird, wacky things, inspectors, because it sounds perfect. Because you have a budget and you have to worry about things and the mystery, and it's. Yeah, it's great. It's great for cockups. Oh yeah, that would definitely that, that would, and especially with my um, my mm-hmm. name checking Brooklyn Nine Nine, that would actually work really well because <laughs> yeah. just the, the uh, one that I've only watched like the first half of the first season, but the bit where they will do they will cut away to something that was obviously in a very elaborate setup for maybe three seconds of of, of like a gag. I like. This is very finely honed comedy, almost too finely, like so, so, so precisely assembled. It's like, wow, he went to a lot of effort to do this. Yeah, what this stuff always is, and, and the, you know, top things off. I, what I was thinking about, and you know, because you, you get truth in advertising or truth in, you know, I we had talked about this earlier, like about six hours earlier, actually yesterday, um, about doing this thing so i've had time my brain ran and of course i have another idea mm-hmm. well, i'll wait wait for yours yeah it was pretty much what the the idea that i i that i was thinking about is yeah doing i, I think i think the the least least inflammatory and probably most fun idea would be to do to superimpose these these constraints over a very normal police procedural kind of show just yep. to make it, just to make it straight, and the and, and like I said, the Brooklyn Nine Nine is 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 very close to the top of my 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 brain, and so yeah. yeah, that would be that make that would make sense. There was, and, and I hate to say this, because during the during the high during the high peak of the Sci Fi Channel before it became the Siffy Channel, <laughs> uh, there actually was a there was a police procedural supernatural show, <laughs> and I can't remember its name. Um, it only lasted one season, as they usually do. Mm-hmm. Oh dear God! I totally forgot that one. Night Stalk, the Night Stalker. All right, Kolchak. Yeah, yeah, Kolchak. Yeah, I, I've not seen it. Yeah, I've not seen it, but it's it's something that I've heard heard tell of over the years. Oh, yep, yep. Uh, there was Special Unit Two. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, the Secret Division of Chicago Police Department deals with the supernatural. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that's the one I was thinking of. And of course, there's Fringe, but Fringe is sci-fi. So, uh, so was Millennium and Warehouse 13 was its own thing. Mm. Um, uh, oh, of course, Grim. Um, something called Eleventh Hour. Uh, oh, and of course, everyone's favorite favorite brothers, Supernatural. Uh, <laughs> 
No, it's um, no, that's about it. I mean, of course, oh, uh, yeah, of course we have to. And of course, they call it the grandfather. Going, no, it wasn't the grandfather. X Files, but no, X Files was not the grandfather. It was it was the stepchild of other concepts. You know, <sighs> don't call it the grandfather. You know, X Files was just another take on. In fact, you know, you know, we investigated. Yeah, it was just parallel processing. So yeah, they did purposely steal from Bureau Thirteen. You know, <laughs> but yeah, a cop show. Yeah, actually, a more a more regular cop show. That sort of falls along with that civil serv that Japanese mm, anime, mm. the Midnight Civil Servants. Yeah, occult civil servants. I mean, would it? Would they be? Open? Would it be an actual division within the the police department that everyone knows about? So. Or would... Yeah, yeah. I think it would be. They they might be a bit hard done by, and mm. they might have specific challenges. As like, if you had very real, not just just mandated, but very very practical diversity requirements, because people different 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 creeds and different cultures have you know their own issues. So you want to make sure you you've got your bases covered otherwise you know you run into a hopping ghost and you've got no idea what you're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also some some of the not evil uh, supernatural probably would be fighting for civil rights as well. You know, we're, you know, we're mm, people. And- we just simply I just simply have pointy ears and and I and I drink gossamer. And I eat gossamer, yep. you know. I'm you kind of traipsing into the realm of the TV show Bright at that point, though, which ah. is... Well, it wasn't a TV show, it was the uh, movie with Will Smith, but from what I understand, that was... Oh, yeah. Its messaging was not nuanced in any way, and that kind of makes it hilarious, but also gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember, I, I remember that. I yeah, was was that uh, was it Netflix or was it YouTube? Yeah, no, it was a. Net, was, I think it was a Netflix original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. The part of my head keeps thinking of a, a of a cop show. I thought dealt with supernatural, but their offices were more or less. Well, it wasn't really an office. It was basically an unused room in the in the basement hmm. uh, that were shoved into. But I, maybe I'm misremembering the set for the Japanese anime because there the the door to their office was the was the supply closet door. Uh, it turns out it's just a false door. Yeah. Well, sign. Don't want people finding them on, on on there. I just did a quick Google on supernatural cop anime and it's pages and pages. So yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it depends if it's it's like a a police organization with mm-hmm. religiously trained officers, or a religious organization with people who've trained mm-hmm. to combat crime. And so there's 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 a definite split there. I think mm-hmm. I'm slightly slightly more comfortable with the idea that they they have a a policing organization with additional religiosity rather than the other way around. Don't know yeah, why yeah. that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, because to be honest, you know, the, if you're if you're a uh, a bug cop, you know, charged to enforce the doctrine of the Russian Eastern Orthodox Church, that also means hunting down heretics. Mm. Yeah, that is. Mm-hmm. That's definitely the. Uh, yeah, that's a thing. And following a follow of the normal police, because yeah, you can't do that, you know. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure of, of the state of, of, of religious freedom in in the Russian Federation, but I don't think it's as bad as it used to be. Mm. No, I don't. I don't believe so. But yeah, 
it's not the Anglican Church anyway, so you know. Cool. Uh, uh, oh, I, I did have a second idea. Oh yeah, yeah. What, what was the second idea? Well, it kind of was prompted by a recent on Amazon Prime Good Omens. Hmm. But in this case, they're not people who are the cops. They're angels. Uh, so religious religious powers. Yeah. Cops literally made out of religion. Yeah, yeah. They're you know, they're they're lower order angels, the mm-hmm. not the ones with the twenty eyes and wheels and all that crap, the other ones that scream <laughs> crap out of you. Oh you know? yeah, that that would be like the uh, commissioner or something, the police chief, the some these those yeah, terrifying yeah, yeah. multi dimensional things. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, there's a reason why when angels visit people in the in the Bible, they always say, "Do not be afraid," you know. And you can just imagine the sequence: "Do not be afraid." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna talk to somebody in their sleep, and they'll be a prophet. There you go. That's better. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, less trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, less trauma. Trauma. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a. Uh, but yeah, these are lower order angels who basically have been assigned to work the beat on Earth, the dealing with various supernatural events and so forth, and dealing with the other religions. Oh my goodness, there's other religions. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, it's you know, if you're in America, it's American religion, except for those Native Americans, which we kind of leave alone. Well, the jurisdiction would be an interesting thing because it probably would follow the the faithful to some degree or yeah. at least where the that faith is concentrated that could be quite an interesting kind of thing they were tracking down the perp but they have fled onto not holy ground not unholy ground but differently holy ground we could mm. go after them but we better check in with some folks or there will be so much trouble <laughs> yeah and somewhere in in norway there's a couple of valkyries going Oh, it was a good job, but you know, no one believes this anymore. I don't know about that. Lately, I've been feeling a little tingly, you know. And then they see an, ad, an advert for Thor Rangarok, and they mm-hmm. go, "Oh dear." <laughs> yeah, because belief comes from all sorts of places, you know. And that's mm. one of the other problems too. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the old gods have gods have no jurisdiction anymore, but they they still feel the tingle because, well, they are yep. people. Yes, the Gaiman-esque mutability of of faith mm-hmm. and those things that represent faith. That can be kind of... Yeah. Oh. Yes, the Valkyries will probably keep on getting getting pinged by um, online game servers. Mm-hmm. It's like... Mm-hmm. Are there gods who take many faces? Like in the uh, Midnight Occult Civil Servants, one of, the, one of the gods that they run into is Coyote or mm-hmm. Loki or the, uh, the Aztec version of that. Basically... Mm-hmm. The trickster god, who basically belongs to all the pantheons, they the trick the trickster gods get around. It is it is well well established, yeah. or at very least they they're good at networking and occasionally swap spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the big question is: so when you have angels being being the cops, do the players actually play the angels, or are the angels doing their doing the thing they always do, which is acting through? other people well, depends you know, what you like yeah you could you could do a straight up anomaly kind of um yeah thing. Well, not, not taking over the bodies basically mm. approaching him saying i you know i am i am the angel azrafel and i need you to you know do this this and this could you and then they go what i'll pay you money oh okay 
or you could have it run as the, as they are running, running shotgun with the their their assigned officer or yeah yeah providing support in in various in various ways or the you could you could um leverage a mechanic from what is literally called better angels where mm. and have one of the other players playing the um the counterpart yeah. <laughs> which could be it could be intriguing yeah i mean but they are also they're angels so yeah, they could also, you know, there's the there's the chance going. Wait, I've seen good omens. I'm just going to make those boats to turn to flowers and going because it's a miracle. And going, oh, we gotta find a mechanic for that to keep you from doing that. I think the 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 law of uh, equal opposite reactions. It's that's fine. It just costs something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And also, you tell them no, just because you're angels. Okay, what you're going to do is what you like. If you're going to go with good omens, then good. You have no idea what's going on because you're not omnipotent. Far too far down the ladder to big plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the ineffable plan. Mm. Yeah, of course. You know, taking a tip of hat from good omens, there are also the demons, and you have you may have someone like Crowley who you look at and say, "So, what side are you on?" My side. <laughs> Essentially, that is the uh, that is that is yeah. that is a truism. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he may help you because, well, he likes living here. He mm. doesn't want to go back down there. He can't go back up there, so he likes it here. So he's going to do his damnedest to, um, you know, make sure that here stays here, or at least you know, comfortable and appealing to, to the, yeah, yeah, in the, in the manner that he's gotten used to. So, mm-hmm. no, that yeah, was so a that's a that's a definite a definite possibility. The idea of partners, mm-hmm. but you know, there is a, a a the terrestrial agent and the celestial agent working in concert. But the um, that would make their cases. You'd have to have some pretty interesting challenges for a team of folks like that. Yeah. Of course, since the angel is not omnipotent and they get assigned cases based on, you know, you know, you, you know the angel wakes up in the morning, whatever you say, you go to sleep, I don't know, maybe, or whatever. In the morning, you know, with the morning coffee, a note appears and, and it's some sort of omen. And like all good omens, it, it might read like the wind whistles. In the morning, and the dove cries, rain falls, and the rivers run red with blood. So instead of the um, the morning roster kind of thing, they end up with like bullshit prophecies that they have to try and figure out or retroactively. Yeah. Figure. That could be a game mechanic: retroactively applying the the lesson for today to the events that have come up since. And oh, they, yeah. they could make a GM light kind of game. It's like right. Well, clearly. Our bullshit prophecy is pointing us to go to the docks today. It's like, sure it is. I mean, there's a there's a mechanism for that too. Even um, in the um, Atomic Robo um, Fate game, mm. they actually thing called uh, brain brainstorming. Yeah, and it allows you it allows the players to completely derail the the GM's plot by coming up with better facts. Well, that's how that that's how that works. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's also publicly available on the SR, on their SRD page. So mm. it's actually a free mechanic you can use wherever you want to use it. You know, and I've used it before in my uh, in my Bureau Thirteen games and in my Magic Police games. I have I've run a game called Magic Police on occasion, where mm. you're wizards whose job is to deal with illegal magics. But that's a totally different concept <laughs> than religious cops. Well. It, there's there's clearly a range of things to be inspired by in this one. Cool. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, 
Yeah, but yeah, the big problem, of course, is that is the tendency for the, for the GM or this is GM light uh, to have we save the world again uh, game, which is always not fun. I mean, yeah. uh, how many times do you go save the world? That would depend on the players always wanting to save yeah. the world. Yeah, that's true. Which kind of makes it their own fault. If if it's more yeah. focused and you know the interaction about exploring the, mm-hmm. the, the way that the events affect the characters, hopefully that would be much more intriguing. Yeah. It'd also be one where definitely having an arc would probably not be a bad idea. So you always are biting into the arc and finding out where the arc is going. Yeah. You know, or maybe where the arc is going, you know, the other arc. Uh, true, the true. Arc the <laughs> that would be a very exciting over it's like loose plot thread that you're constantly trying to track down. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. somebody has a the the a, a biblical tactical nuclear weapon somewhere in town. Maybe we should find that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you know, it starts with a little mystery and keeps building up. Of course, I'm guilty of stating that there was an arc in a game and never telling anyone that actually no, there wasn't. I was just making the arc up as we went along. Hmm. <laughs> It's a game I ran for Trilobite and and Taz, you know, and basically I ended up, I literally realized who the villain was, I think about two thirds of the way through the story. I did not know who the villain was, you know. That is, that's, that's like a, that's the organic creation, creative process. That's the, the story revealing itself to you as you've played it, which is cool. I'd, I'd like to be able to do more of that sort of thing. Which is, uh... Yeah, it also meant, you know, and I mean, that's a good, if for those of you listening to GM, that's a good way of actually doing it because if you come up with a set arc, you tend to railroad your players to make them follow the arc. When well, you just have a, you yeah. do. You do you, you, or, or you are continually like self correcting and trying to come up with stuff when the players get distracted by something else anyway. So mm-hmm. you're, you, Ooh, you, you, you end up. Yeah, you get you end up you end up tap dancing furiously, which can be a bit exhausting, especially if you're not as practiced with the system or the setting. Or I mean, this is I mean, this is why I like that one Australian webcomic. Um, what's it called again? Um, Darth and Droids. Its premise is Star Wars was a campaign, mm, mm. A RPG campaign, and. It was inspired by Lord of the Dice, or Lord. Uh, there was a Lord of the Rings one where basically mm. Lord of the Rings was a railroad campaign. The yep. GM was dictating everything. So Darth and Droids went the opposite direction, where the GM says, "See this? This is the this is the twelve maps I made of this of this station." Throws them on the ground. That's what's got, that's what happened to them. You guys completely bypassed everything. <laughs> yes, the fact that they were both made of of screen caps of the. Um... The, uh-huh. the film series process with with currently they're they're busy waiting they're busy waiting for the the next Star Wars movie to get released so they have a filler the filler is Mark Hamill's appearance on the Muppet Show <laughs> that's worthwhile it's a hoot mm. uh, you know Darth and Droids plug yeah yeah no I read that back in the back in the day I think that was still I think that was still in the original trilogy when I saw that when I last time I saw yeah it. I mean it's where if you look for the meme. Jar Jar Binks, you're a genius. That's where it came from. <laughs> because Jar Jar Binks was a result of a 12-year-old girl. Hmm. And it made perfect sense. I think ultimately, yeah, ultimately Jar Jar Binks may have been a result of people being too scared to say no to George Lucas. 
George Lucas fell basically uh, fell for the Roddenberry trap. Mm. Basically, Gene Roddenberry suddenly decided that he was the sole creator of Star Trek, which is he's not. Hmm. Uh, he, you know, reading uh, reading the history of Star Trek and reading and listening to a bunch of podcasts, Gene that first season was written with he had an executive producer who wrote him all the way, who made yeah. sure he didn't do things stupidly. Who and he had DC Fontana writing stuff for him. He had other people writing yeah. stuff for him. Half of Vulcans come from Larry Nimoy and DC Fontana. Not Gene Roddenberry, and same thing with George Lucas. I mean, he basically was just the director of the movie. It was Kurtz, I believe. With, no, not Kurtz. Uh, I forgot who it was the producer who more or less ran, rode shot. You know, rode uh, uh, not shotgun. Um, rode hood. Uh, whatever. You know, basically, you know, just sat on George Lucas and kept him from being, you know, being stupid. And, and I was reading up someplace that he was the luckiest sob in the world because John Williams was free. Hmm. Yeah. And if John Williams hadn't been free, I doubt Star Wars would be as as good as it was. Because someone said, uh, if you if you get hold of Star Wars with a separate music track, you can turn the music track off, and suddenly the movie stinks. It wouldn't help, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I've seen, I've read a biography of of George Lucas, and I will, cannot fault the guy's work ethic. He, you nope. know, just description of how hard he worked at just at the technology of film and, and filmmaking and oh, yeah. so forth. It's just amazing. But some of his original ideas for the Star War movie are just terrifying. A lot of a lot of people helped him refine that. So Oh yeah, god, yes, a, yeah. Yeah. So that's it's it's that's why it's but film filmmaking is a collaborative thing and you know, so are role playing games. So that's that makes sense to me. You know, you know which of the movies he hate he hates the most? It's Empire, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's he, the best of the trilogy. Well, he he may remember it less fondly for for various reasons. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of yeah. it kind of makes sense in a way. Okay. Yeah, and Roddenberry hated Star Trek: The Next Generation after he got basically kicked out. Mm-hmm. There's bound to be some some bad feeling about that. It's it's been said that role playing games are a conversation. And sadly, like all conversations, it's time for this one to come to an end. Our thoughts with Craig, our recovering co-host, and we hope he has a speedy recovery and is back with us soon. We miss Craig. Craig, heal heal your innards so you can do this and, and help and help poor Ben. <laughs> yeah, that's Obi-Wan fine. Obi Wan Craig, we need your help. <laughs> cool. So there's there's plenty to work from with this sort of idea and. Thank you, John, for helping us click some thoughts together. Um, and we will end the, the use of your, your Discord channel for the, uh, for the interim. So thank you for your assistance. And uh... Oh, should we announce what the next Mystery Box entry will be? Indeed. And selected by our faithful audience, we have the prompt for next time in Big Red Couch 109. Aliens have landed at Gen Con. And only stalwart games can defeat them. Submitted by none other than John Rhea. Fascinating. <laughs> and on the eve of the uh, next recording, we'll have up the next poll, from which you can select the, the prompts, malevolent immediacy. If we don't go there, who will? Fraud silence. Apparently, not us. Can I submit the entire documentary of Tickled as a prompt for the box? And the new candidate, I owe it all to my digital wristwatch.
from Taz. So once again, thank you, John, and thank you for your time. We'll say goodbye, you folks. Uh, audience, thank you for listening. Indeed. And all best wishes to Craig, and we hope you are mm-hmm. fighting fit and ready to podcast again soon. Yes, please. Adios. Goodbye, everybody. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time!